Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Praise the Lord. So, this husband and wife were watching this new construction going up. And they asked someone, what is it? And one of the construction guys said, oh, it's going to be a, a grocery store. I said, well, it's nice, nice looking. What, what, what kind of grocery store? And the construction guy said, well, it's an Aldi. And the husband said, oh, well, that's a, that's a nice looking Aldi. And the wife said, ah, it looks like all the others. <laughs> Jesus 101, John chapter 3, we want to look at... <laughs> We want to look at new things. We really the theme is new. And this is a this is one of the greatest chapters in the word of God for one scripture that's nestled kind of right in the middle of chapter 3 in the gospel of John. But with the theme of new. And let me tell you, if you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says uh, if any man be in Christ, and this includes women and children and Golden people, you know, we've been around for a while. They said they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. So the theme here is new. John chapter 3. The first thing, the first two verses, a new way. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Uh, and that word, it, it means victory for the people. And really, victory for the people happens, and I know that it's for the people, Morgan and Morgan, right? I got in an accident and I called Morgan and Morgan. Look, if you really want victory for the people, for the people of any nation, you got to get to Jesus. That's really the, the message here. But So Nicodemus, which is what victory among the people or victory for the people, he was a ruler, the Bible says, of the Jews. And one source said he was a member of the, of the ruling body called the Sanhedrin, which was kind of like their senate, their religious senate for the, for the Jews. And it's interesting because the Bible just declares that not many mighty and not many noble are called. But some people, they think that no mighty and no noble are called. But this was, a, this was an elite person. So we don't want to get into our minds that the only people that come to Jesus are you kick over a rock and they're, you know, hard up. And, you know, no, this was a guy that was put together. He was an elite scholar and he looked to find Jesus. The Bible said the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi or teacher, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. There's a lot in this verse. So why did he come to him by night? You know, I've heard someone say, well, Nicodemus had a job. <laughs> he couldn't get off. He had to work. And if you've had a job, you don't, you do have to work. You got to get stuff done. Uh, maybe he had uh, waited for Jesus to have free time because Jesus was busy during the day. Jesus has always had a very active ministry during the day. And also, because some people think, well, he was just ashamed to come to Jesus Christ. 
Brethren, I really don't think that. And, and perhaps, but you see, he believed that he was of God, but there were a lot of other chief priests that hated Jesus. The, the chief priests were the ones that delivered Jesus to Pontius Pilate. And if he went during the daytime, then him being a chief priest for Jesus might have incited all of those other chief priests against Jesus. So he might have been doing it to protect Christ, who was hated by a lot of, a lot of the people from the elite Jewish ruling class. But regardless, here's the thing. He came to Jesus. You know, there's some people that say, you know, I'm working on Sunday. And uh, you know that I don't remember when I got saved, like what service. I should have written it down. I came to church. Was it a Sunday? I don't know. Was it a day service? I don't know. Was it a night service? I really don't remember. I do remember that I came to church and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I, that's what I remember. But you know that sometimes we need to step outside of the way that it has to happen. You say, well, I need to go to church on Sunday at 11 a.m. Well, that's great. But we need to get to Jesus more than we need to get to a church service. And that's what we need to look in our hearts and say, I've got to get to Jesus. There's a new way. So however you get there, just get there. And then verses 3 to 8, there's a new birth. There's a new birth. Jesus answered and said unto him, and, and really he didn't come to talk about politics. He came to talk about, he said, we know you're from God because regular folks just can't do that, right? Except God is with them. Jesus answered and said unto him, you know, you can ask Jesus with any, any question that you want, but Jesus knows what you're really after. And notice it doesn't seem like Jesus is answering him, but Jesus knows our hearts too. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, it's true that you won't get to the kingdom of God unless you're born again, but there's something about it. You can't even perceive the things of God. There's no perception until you be a new creature. I was sharing with someone, uh, there was a guy that asked me, he said, hey, pastor, I got a question. Some pastors say this and some pastors say this, and I just want to ask you. And he asked me this question. And I said, oh, that's a good question. I said, I know the answer. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? And he looked at me and he goes, no, I, no, I, I haven't. I said, here's what you need to do. I said, I can tell you the answer. I said, but when you give your life to Jesus, you'll think about things differently. You'll look at things differently. And so I said, that's what you need to do. He told me later, I saw, it was a guy who was working in the trade that I was working in. So I'd see him every once in a while. And I saw him later and he said, I had a dream that God said it was time to get saved. He had a dream. And uh, his mom had been praying for him. And basically, with all that, he told me in the dream that God had answered his question. I didn't even have to tell him the answer. Why? Look, all the preacher does is preach the word of God. God's going to give you the same answer that his word does. And the preacher who preaches God's word, he's going to give you the same answer that God does. If it's from God's word. So if you get right with God, you're going to get the same answer that God has for all of us. But Jesus said, he said, uh, you've got to get a new life. 
Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? The Bible said, Can he enter into... Mom would say no, right? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Have you ever asked a dumb question before? I mean, this is an elite religious ruler, okay? And he knows he's talking to a man of God. I'm like, come on. Maybe he was just tired from the day. I've done it, okay? I've done it. Today I was tired and we have these sliding glass doors. And I was working to get stuff done. I walked right into the door. Boom! And I was like, oh, thank God that didn't break. You would have been teaching Bible study because I would have been at the doctor's office, right? Or my wife, my wife would be, you know, spending the life insurance. I don't know, one or the other. But, you know, sometimes you just do things that are dumb, okay? And that was kind of a dumb question. But, uh, but Jesus, he answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit. So you got to come in the regular way, right? But then he said, you've got to be born of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There was a a sticker I saw. It was like an anti-Christian sticker. It said, like, born right the first time or born good enough the first time. It's not that it's your fault, okay? Someone did this a long time ago, and his name is Adam and sold us all out. But the truth is that we're warped spiritually and we need to get fixed. And that's what Jesus said. And the Bible says, now this is interesting. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now this is important because you know how some people say I have a gifting. God gave me a gifting. Uh, I'm a musician. And you're like, well, that's a, that, that's a blessing. But if you're... If you trained in that, that's a fleshly gift. That's what Jesus said. And that's not wrong. That's, but it's not from God. You just trained. You went to Juilliard and you can sing well. That's natural and you worked on it. Notice, but he said that which is of the flesh is flesh. And that which is of the spirit is spirit. Now, if you got saved and all of a sudden... The, the spirit came upon you and you could sing or play the piano or preach or something like that, then that's a spiritual gift. Now, if you use your fleshly gifts for the work of God, brethren, that's wonderful. But some people, they say that something is spiritual. Jesus divided it. He said, if you've been working on it and it's yours, that's a fleshly thing, but it's from God. It's a different world. It's a different world. Marvel not that I say, because he was looking at Jesus like this with the big bug eyes, like me after I probably walked into the glass door. He said, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Because he's probably just like shaking his head. Like my wife and I have been doing for, in a good way, just like, wow, God, God is just awesome. And I can just imagine him going like this, like, (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I don't even know what to do with that, right? The wind bloweth where it listeth, you know, so the breeze, right? And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? You know that the wind is there, right? Because you feel it. You know that the wind is there, it's real. 
but you can't see it. You can't smell it. You know, a lot of people, they're like, well, I'm not believing in God unless I can see him. And you know what you should do? If you have a pencil or a pen, ask them, hold their hand out, right? <laughs> and just hold the, hold the pen or the pencil directly over their hand and drop it in their hand. And then ask them, what made that drop into your hand? And they'll be like, gravity. And you can ask them, what does gravity smell like? What does it look like? What does it sound like? And of course, they're going to say, nothing, right? You can't smell it. You can't see it. And yet it holds the whole world together. And it makes people think, oh, there are things that I can't see that are very real. But the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? These are things that were prophesied of in the word of God throughout the Old Testament. And he was the guy that was teaching others. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. Not, you know, it's interesting. Some people... They say, well, I just can't understand parts of the Bible. Can I offer you a truth? It's not what people can't understand in the Bible. That's their problem. It's what they can understand. That other part is just a cop of, well, I can't understand. Yeah, but what about not shacking up? You understand that part, right? Like, well, yeah, they don't understand that part, right? You know that God knows and he makes it very simple, right? But Jesus said, have I told you earthly things and ye believe not? How shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And you know what? We have to get the basics down. Even Paul said, he said, I fed you with uh, I can't, I fed you with milk. I fed you with the basics. He said, I want to give you a, 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 a T-bone steak, meat, but you can't handle it. You know, if you gave it to a baby, if you gave a T-bone steak to a baby, it would choke to death. It would gum it for a while, but it would choke to death on a T-bone. And Jesus said the same thing. I got to give you the basics. And that's why he's giving you the basics of salvation. And you know what? They're not wrong to hear. We all need the basics. And when their kids go to school, what do they learn? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then they sing and then they tell you, now I know my ABCs. Then they invite you, right? Next time, won't you sing with me? I don't know why we do that, but it's probably the same song they still teach the kids. But you know, that's exactly what Jesus was teaching was the basics. And the Bible said, and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. Now the Son of Man, by the time that this was written, the Son of Man was resurrected back into heaven. The Bible said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much the Son of Man be lifted up. He was forecasting his crucifixion. I just read this in Numbers today. So the children of Israel, they were journeying in the, in the, in the desert between Egypt and the promised land. And it said they were having a bad 40 years, right? They were much discouraged because of the way. Have you ever been much <laughs> discouraged because of the way? I mean, no food, no water, rocky ground. There was, and, and, and the Bible said they spake against God and against Moses. 
bad choice, okay? If you're just going to have a bad day, go kick a rock, pound some sand, but don't talk about God. So well, I'm just going to talk about the preachers. You can, but I'm not going to do that. I don't go slamming preachers. I don't care if it's TV preachers or whatever. And Well, they're messed up. And that's between them and God. God did not call me to sanctify anybody on the TV. God called me to preach the gospel. Now, if someone's preaching something wrong, that's one thing. But, but look, uh, I'm not going to talk against, that's between them and God. If God called them to do something, that's between them and God. Okay? And uh, the Bible said, they said, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Look, God's not going to kill you. God's going to make you alive. But if you've ever worked out, you might feel like you're going to die. And the next day, you might feel dead. But it's because you're changing. It's absolutely true. I was listening to this thing called the Moment for Missions. And this guy, had he was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and he got saved. And I don't know what nation it was that they were in. It was a foreign nation. It might have been the Philippines. But he got saved, and then he got sick. <laughs> what do you mean he got sick? He got sick. Because he had to have withdrawals, all these chemicals. Drugs are powerful chemicals, okay? And they were coursing through his body. So as they're working his way, and because he quit using. But as they were working out of his body, he got sick. But you know what? Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. But God knows what he's doing. And then he uh, came to the someone, the pastor or whatever, and said, I've... Uh, I've got a warrant, you know, they're looking for me. And so he said, I want to turn myself in. You know, he got forgiven by Jesus, but what they did was they armed him with the prison ministry and he actually went to jail to pay his time off to the man. But you know what he did? He went in there as a Christian set free by God. He went in there smiling. And you know what? We might, it might get worse before it gets better physically, but spiritually, Jesus came to set us free. And that man was set free. And you know that certain things that we've done, we might have to pay for down here. But you know what? I'm thankful that God can set us free. So if you're discouraged, know that God's working on your heart. And God was taking them to the promised land. Anyway, so the Bible said God had enough of their complaining and he sent fiery serpents. Now, they weren't fiery. That means when they bit you, they would, uh, it would feel like the poison would feel like fire. And it said, and they bit the people and much people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses, the same one they were slamming. Now was a good guy, right? And it said, we have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against thee. <laughs> Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Thank God that there's humble people that will just pray. Even if you speak against them, they still love you. And the Bible said, and this is from Numbers 21 and verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. See, Jesus was recounting this to Nicodemus, but it was in the scripture. And all they did was when they lifted this pole up, kind of like Jesus on the cross, what is a serpent indicative of? Sin. It was the serpent in the, in the garden. The serpents are indicative of sin. And the Bible said that if you looked on this serpent, on this brass pole that was lifted up, you would live. And it said, and if any man was bitten when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. 
Because you see, Jesus came. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. You see, God had a new payment plan. See, God doesn't want you to pay for your sin. It's a new way of doing things. He wants to pay for your sin. But you know what? That involves us letting go of our pride and letting Jesus do that. And you know, while he's at it, he can take away your guilt and your insecurity of who you were or who your maybe mother or dad told you you weren't and listen to what your heavenly father tells you that you are. And when, when people, when people like, you know, uh, are really hard on their kids and rough on their kids, do you know that they'll remember that 30 years later? You're going to be gone. You might be in the funeral. They're at your funeral and they're talking to your casket, talking about how they didn't appreciate how you talked to them that way. Because we need to build those little kids up in their hearts. Yeah, they do wrong, okay? They do silly things, but really encourage them. They live in a crazy world and they're just growing. They need a lot of encouragement. The Bible says, The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. You see, God didn't put it on you. He put it on himself and on his son. All we like sheep, Isaiah said, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on, not us, but on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. You know what iniquity is? Iniquity is sin when you know you're doing wrong. It's not like, oh man, I made a mistake. It's not, you know, like like my daughter. She goes, it was an accident. It's like, ha ha, right. <laughs> yeah. That whosoever believeth in him, verse 15, should not perish, but have eternal life. And it's interesting. This was a neighbor of John 3.16, right? So 666 is the number of the beast, right? What's 667? The neighbor of the beast. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I remember reading about the prayer of Jabez. Have you ever read that? John 3.16 really talks about a new story, and we need a new story in our life. If you've ever read the prayer of Jabez, they made a book about it. You know, the Bible said that uh, his mother had a hard childbirth. He bore, she bore him with sorrow, it says. So she called him sorrowful. Jabez means sorrowful. Every time that his name was called, she, you know, yeah, you made me hurt so bad. You hurt your mama every time that he called that his name was called by his mom or his dad or any relative. Auntie came over. Yep, sorrowful. You caused your mom to have all of those that uh, childbirth pains. But the Bible said Jabez went to God. And he said, God, I would have said thou would bless me indeed. And you know what? The Bible says that God granted Jabez what he requested. You know what? We need a new story. And you might have been given a name or called names or maybe someone told you you were something, but we need a new story. And the Bible said if we believe on Jesus, we won't perish, but we'll have everlasting life. But we'll start our new life now. Not when you get to heaven, but when you start your new life, you start a new year. And you know what? Get around some Christians that will treat you right too. Because Christians will treat you right. They'll give you grace. They'll encourage you. 
The Bible said, for God, this is another neighbor of John 3.16. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. You know that a lot of times people can get that mixed up. And you know what? If I've ever come to church and felt condemned before, it's not because God is condemning. God's condemning me. No, your sin is condemning you. And if there's condemnation in your heart, thank God. I was talking to this one guy and uh, he was upset. And he's like, well, this is hard and that's hard. And basically, you know, things aren't working out. And he wasn't right with God. And he's still not right with God. <laughs> and uh, he's not here tonight. Okay, but this is, this is someone that I know. And, uh, and I asked, I told him, this is years ago. I said, how would you like it if God quit dealing with your heart then? And you just wound up in hell one day. I said, maybe God is stirring things up so that you'll change. Maybe he's making things rough to get your attention. You know, I'm thankful that God, you know that if, say, well, preacher, I don't want to feel condemned. You know that if you lose feeling in your hands and people can do that, oh, what's that? What, what is that called? Um, neuropathy, where you, where you can't feel your hands or your feet. You know what happens? They end up getting their hands or feet amputated. Why, preacher? It must feel good. If you hit your hand, you don't want to feel pain. But the problem is you, the pain is that your pain receptors are to protect you, right? Your conscience is there to protect you. If you don't have pain receptors, you'll injure yourself, not even know it, and end up having to amputate some gangrenous limb when you had an infection. God gives us a conscience not to harm us, but to steer us back to him. Notice it says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. We need to have a new way of looking at that. If God's ever dealt with your heart about something, something in your life, thank him instead of saying, God, why are you just getting on my case? No, it's because God loves us. God loves us. And let me tell you, I've lived as a sinner and I've lived as a saint. And let me tell you, living as a saint is much cleaner, much better. I go to sleep. You don't have to worry about the lies that you told. You know what? You can be a very, have a very poor memory. If you tell the truth, <laughs> if you tell lies, you have to have a very good memory and find out who you told what lie to. But if you're a Christian, you just tell the truth. The Bible said, and he that, verse 18, that believeth on him is not condemned. The Bible said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Do you know that tonight, if you really just, just and, and sometimes Christians live under this cloud of condemnation. And some of it's from the devil, but some of it's from that thing that they kind of don't want to give up. It's like, it's kind of a pet sin. You know, like you have a pet dog. It's like, well, it doesn't live in the house, but it's kind of like a stray, and I just feed it, and it comes by once in a while. It's like a pet sin like that. It's just a once in a while pet sin. You know, we're all sinners, say, but, and you just give your little excuses, but this condemnation plagues you. If you want to get rid of that, the Bible says, he that believeth on him is not condemned we just have to let jesus in to our 24 hour a day life there is a man I, I wrote this at the beginning so i'm about out of time but it says it's a uh, james allen as a man thinketh so it's a book he said a change of diet will not help a man who will not change his thought when a man makes his thoughts pure, he no longer desires impure 
You know what? That's what we need. We need the right thoughts. If you put the right thoughts in your mind, you're not going to want the wrong thoughts. When they come in there, you're like, hey, you're not welcome here. One of these ones is not like the other one. Not like the other one. Not like the other one. I am... I got one minute. One minute. Fourteen. Mm. I don't think so. But, but, but we can do part two next time. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. See, it's not Jesus' fault. Jesus came to fix that. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We're out of time, but look, look I want to leave it there because... Well, there's a new religious fitness. Did you know this? Where they, they actually bring the gym equipment to your door. Whether you want it or not. You know what it's called? Jehovah's Fitness. <laughs> well, I say, well, you're mocking Jehovah's Witnesses, kind of. But what I wanted to bring in, in there is that scripturally... They say, they say that they believe in Jehovah, but not Jesus. But you see, the Bible says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, what? The Lord who? Not Jehovah. Now, Jehovah's the name of God. It's a good name. But Jehovah did not die on the cross. Well, Jehovah Jesus did. But Jesus, the Lord Jesus, it was his name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That he was given a name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and tongue confess. It's Jesus, Jesus. And the Bible says, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten. And then it goes, Son of God, not the Father, not the Spirit. But Jesus is the focus of our salvation. And it's simply believing in his name. And you know, if you drop names, it can make doors open. If you say you know someone, it can make doors open. It can also make doors shut, okay? But God wants to open the door to eternal life, and he wants to shut the door to your past. You know, he can't take away what you've done, but he can take away the meaning of what you've done. He can wash it and cleanse it and give you freedom from it. And you know, tonight, that's his real offer, and to make you new. So you can go feel like you lost some pounds. You dropped a bunch of guilt and a bunch of weight, and you just feel like a new person. Amen? Amen. But let's, uh, let's dismiss in prayer, Brother David. Would you dismiss in prayer? New. So we're going to go part two of chapter three. I guess we're going to go slow, but we'll find out about Jesus. Jehovah's Fitness. If you want to get signed up for that, get some stuff to your door. Amen. <laughs> Brother, would you pray? Yes, Pastor. Oh, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us to your house this evening to listen to your word as Pastor preached and teach your word. Dear Lord, I pray that your word may seep into our hearts and minds Amen. as we leave to go to our respective residences. Till the next time we come to your house to worship your name. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.